Louis Henke ran a uh, Murphy and Friends Columbia program focus in the country. Uh, the other two are being Duke and, and uh, Stanford. Um, but since I was born and bred in New York, I said, well, this is an easy choice. And uh, so I came to GS. Um, then between my third year and fourth year, I got married. Mm -hmm. And I married a French woman, and I uh, realized that I probably should learn French, but I only figured that out after, <laughs> I'd, gone to, after I'd gone to business school up in a little town called Hanover, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. ah. And uh, but what was interesting is that I, I went back to Trinity to get my letters of recommendation because I really didn't get to know anybody at Columbia that, that well. Um, and that may have been due to the fact that I was falling in love with a woman that I had met at Columbia. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then as far as my career, well, I went, I went to France, uh, talked about deep immersion in the language, and uh, got a reasonable exposure to the language. Big green. <laughs> we have and, another one. There you go. And, um, <laughs> oh, I have, you have no idea um, how devoted I am. I recruited up at Dartmouth for 20 years. Um, I, well, I, let me go back to France. The only place I could get a job for one year was at a French bank. I had no intention of working in a bank, but I wanted to learn French. So, mm -hmm. but I went to work at this bank. And when I made it clear that no matter how much I loved the French and I loved Paris, I was American. And uh, I made it uh, known to some of the people that I was speaking to on a regular basis in London. And one of them said, oh, come and work with us. And uh, so I never had to go out and look for a job. Um, and I know. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty nice. <laughs> so I uh, thought of writing a book about that. <laughs> so then I worked at uh, a firm called First Boston Corporation, and then I was hired away by Solomon Brothers, and so I ran, ended up running their international sales effort. Uh, I got very lucky. Um, I was sent down with a senior member of the firm to Montevideo, Uruguay, um, to advise central bank, Latin American central banks, on how to access the U.S. money markets uh, for their own Latin American commercial banks. Um, and this is at the time that the Tupamaros were in uh, um, control of major parts of the country. So it was a state of siege, there were tanks in the street, and for three days, I and the senior member of the firm ate cold chicken sandwiches and drank Coca-Cola. And the central bankers from around Latin America were doing the same thing so that the 
the, uh, the normal division between private sector and public sector evaporated and we all became friends. And at the end of the visit, I turned to the senior guy and I said, you know, these guys don't realize it, but they have a need very similar to the private sector. They're sitting, <coughs> they're sitting on significant reserves and they were housed at the Fed or the BIS or the Bank of England. I said, you know, they should be managing this money. And so that began my career at Solomon Brothers and I became known as Mr. Central Bank because I created a seminar and because in the, my final year at, at Tuck, I had enough time to play war games. So then I created a war game um, around investments. And, and then I'd create, then I would, I'd have 40 to 60 central bankers each year. And I would give them baseball caps and you'd be part of the Red Sox, you'd be part of the Yankees, you'd be part of the Mets, etc. And then actually we created these teams. And Wonderful. We need to move along. I'm sure that you could talk to us for probably an hour about all of oh, all yeah. the great stories. But since we only have until 7.30, we want to hear from Carol next. Carol Rattray. Um, I went to business school and also to the School of International Affairs. Mm -hmm. so, I was started off in investment banking at Bankers Trust, capital raising mm -hmm. and capital markets group. Mm -hmm. um, I was also in search. Uh, I'm a private investor, mainly investing in China and in the U.S. Uh, and also now a social entrepreneur, as I would say. I have an ed tech company. Uh, I do spend time up at um, Columbia still and on the advisory council at the Lang Center for Entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So spending a lot more time there than I used to. And I think I've answered both You have. Yeah. Well You're done. much more efficient than I was. <laughs> Next. This is the short little part right now. <laughs> yes. I was born in Uruguay. No, actually. <laughs> David Schilling. Uh, occupation, it's interesting. I was ordained United Methodist clergy. And Worked in local parishes in California for a while, and then Riverside Church, always having a kind of a passion for social justice, environment uh, issues. So uh, there was a guy named William Sloan Coffin who mm -hmm. was yep. at the uh, Riverside Church, and he hired me to work in what we call the Riverside Church disarmament program, three modest goals and the nuclear arms race, <laughs> and the wars in Central America, and take some of the military budget to fund human needs. Um, so, I mean, those are still pretty good goals. But uh, So I graduated uh, in 1970 from Union Seminary. 6970 uh, was in the International Fellows Program, which was a study of American foreign policy at SEPA, uh, which was a, a great course. and. Uh, and then the last, uh, my gosh, 25 years I've been at the Interface Center on Corporate Responsibility, working with investors to help companies get a handle on human rights, on some of their environmental responsibilities, particularly those underserved communities. Mm -hmm. You know, foreign migrant workers being one, mm -hmm. those that uh, who have to live but can't afford the pharmaceutical prices if you're in Kenya, et cetera. So we really engage companies on a regular basis, all the ones you would mention and more. And then in, launched with, at Bloomberg, uh, this Investor Alliance for Human Rights about a year and a half ago. 
because we don't, the, our organization, and I won't go into the details of the strategic plan and how we're, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, the, the Columbia experience was really very steeped in some of the struggles that were taking place, but also theological education and working in Harlem and, um, and uh, had the 50th anniversary of the um, graduation from Union. Oh, wonderful. Congrats. Aaron, see, we gave you time to finish reading. Yes, exactly. That was the whole plan. Perfect timing. Okay, perfect timing. Um, Aaron Etrock graduated from the law school in 65, hmm. uh, taught there for the next year on public international development financing hmm. and at NYU, hmm. um, did a degree as, as part of that, uh, went out to Geneva for three years to work for the International Labor Organization, which was a hmm. specialized uh, agency of the UN left over from the League of Nations days. Uh, from there, I went out to Africa for three years and opened a law school to be a treaties officer of a, the smallest, probably among the most poor countries in the world, Malawi. Mm -hmm. uh, came back from jungle to jungle, worked on Wall Street for uh, three years for a large firm, which then sent me out to London to open the London office for eight years. Came back in, in 77, and I've been doing a variety of things, including still some law. Um, I represent three NGOs at the UN. Mm. Uh, I do life sciences conferences, two series of them around the world, um, and um, to earn a little bread to, to balance all of that, I function as a paymaster and escrow agent for people who are buying and selling commodities. Mm. All right. Jason? Uh, I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, I graduated in 75 from the social work school. I mm. was a uh, I was on their board from 99 to 2001. Uh, I'm a social worker. Uh, I taught at Lehman College from 77 to 2012. Mm -hmm. And that's ageism wow. because I was <laughs> eliminated. eliminated. Uh, after always being ranked one of the best teachers in the department, mm -hmm. when a new mm -hmm. cast of characters come along, you're mm -hmm. gone. When that happened, I couldn't even talk about it. It was just so dreadful. Uh, I didn't have the luck of, that you did. I had to search for jobs. No <laughs> job came easy. No one was looking for me. Uh, I worked for the Board of Ed City of New York up until 2007. What I'm doing now, what I love to do, is uh, I have a podcast. Mm. for people over 55. And I know none of you, I can't do any of you because none of you are over 55. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You're a tall artist. Oh, so I wish I were, I wouldn't be poor. Uh, my daughter, who was a student of Opera Ebony, she did, I wanted her to do the interview Sunday, and she did a, a good job, and she's going to come back. ワンダーフォーいやいいどうぞすごいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいは
Um, the first thing that we really want to talk about is just communications. What do you get from the university in terms of, you know, newsletters? What's coming in? What do you say? Oh, if somebody said, what's the f communications that are really helpful that I enjoy getting from Columbia? What are they? I, uh, I get the magazine. I think the it comes Columbia out magazine. quarterly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Only about two articles. Uh, I like. I'm going to to a conference that Zuckerman is going to have uh, on the brain, brain and music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Singing in the brain. Yeah, and, uh, and always sing. Lo love the theater. Mm -hmm. uh, 51st Street, Miss Clark Center, where uh, Alvin Ailey, James Truett was when mm -hmm. I was a young girl. Thought I'd be a star, mm -hmm. but it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I know. I never, I never seen that. Yeah. That's why after I, I said, what can I do with my life? And Hello. Hi. Sorry. I bet you he's David. I'm going to Maryland. No. Are you William? <laughs> <laughs> Feel free. Welcome. You're William. He's going to a chair that has his name. <laughs> I also have a cable show. The cable show and my podcast are the same name, so no one gets confused. Murphy and Friends. And the cable is, is slightly different because it is cable. I just, uh, someone called me today, interviewed people like this person is running for, uh, you know, she's running for judge and another person is <coughs> running for Nita Lowy's seat. Mm -hmm. So I find, I just you find get people. the most interesting people. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love it. What other communications are you getting from Columbia? That, that's, um, actually, why don't you introduce yourself so that we, we have so, everybody know. Uh, my name is David Emil, and um, let's see, I went to Columbia Law School. I graduated in 77, and uh, practiced law for a little while. Um, I won't give you the details of my whole thing, but I became the president of what's called the Battery Park City Authority, working under Governor and subsequently was the owner of a number of restaurants in New York, Windows um, of the World, Rainbow Room, and so forth. And um, in recent years, had been the president of what's called the Lower Manhattan Development Corporation, which is a government agency that's responsible for planning and rebuilding of Lower Manhattan. Yeah. And, Thank you, um, Joe. So you brought to know Burden. Amanda worked with me. She was the uh, vice president for design at um, Battery Park City when I was while well, I was president, and then um, of course she was the chair of the um, city planning commission. Yeah, terrific. When you when you wish, plenty oh. of food. We've kind of hidden the, the fruit and cookies and things <laughs> oh, over thanks. here, but I'm at gonna, some point when we feel that, that everybody needs to, we're going to put mm -hmm. it out because otherwise you're taking stuff home for whoever, yeah. whoever there is. <laughs> there's a lot here. I apologize um, for my late arrival. <laughs> it's quite all right. We're glad you're here. Um, so did we did we talk about uh, the communication? Uh, CA Arts, Arts Access? access. How many such people, a wonderful thing. How many people do something with CA Arts Access? Ever since it Two started. Do you all know what it is, CAA Arts Access? Why should I tell you? Yeah. It, it's, it's something for <laughs> alumni um, that offers you 
theater, dance, uh, museum visits, a whole variety of things in the performing visual arts. Uh, and um, there's a Columbia connection either the artist or somebody connected with the program is at Columbia and is there to give you a personal insight into what it is that you're seeing, hearing, participating in and, and I think over the years it's been a full variety. Usually a small group of people come to it. Um, tours of galleries, oh, not just a they've gone to the barns. Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. yeah. but a lot, Phil, a lot. Philip Johnson, Philip home. Johnson, the Glass House. The glass house yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the the people behind it. It's it's actually um, there's a volunteer committee of, of alums who you know really do the CA Arts Access, and then there's a staff member through the Columbia Alumni Association who oversees mm -hmm. it. But if you go to you know the Columbia Alumni Association webpage and you type in CAA Arts Access. It's free. Everybody who's an alum can be a member. You just, and then you get on their newsletter. It's a beautiful newsletter. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful, you know, website, and you have access to uh, their programming. And as Aaron was saying, it's very, it's varied. So yeah, he gets that great. newsletter. Yeah. So it's a wonderful thing. Um, any other things like that that you get that you know you enjoy? Well, certainly the magazine and uh, magazine. a lot of things from SEPA. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Union Seminary, where I graduated, mm -hmm. a lot of, because uh, they're doing a lot of programming all the time on mm -hmm. The Spectator. Mm -hmm. The Spectator. How many people actually, even if they didn't go to an undergraduate, undergraduate. school, do you read The Spec? There's a daily spec. You can just have it come in to mm -hmm. get news about Columbia. Mm -hmm. And then the institutes like Zuckerman and um, Earth Institute does wonderful mm -hmm. programs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So <coughs> the Earth Institute's communications and programs. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Zuckerman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now there's also, it, depending upon, and, and again, as I said before, we're not in fundraising, we're, we're, not, we're totally agnostic, but we know that each one of the schools have giving societies. Does anybody belong to a giving society at their school? Yeah. Do they know what that Unfortunately. is? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess for the last 30 years, because I graduated 45 years ago, mm -hmm. I had four children, so I, I, I couldn't, and at any given time, it was either paying uh, childcare or, mm -hmm. or private school or college. So I wasn't able to give much, but I started with $50 and uh, gone mm -hmm. up since. So you've been a consecutive giver. Absolutely. Because there, there's, there's that distinction. You don't necessarily have to give you know, a huge amount, but if you're always giving, you're considered mm -hmm. you know, a good donor because you're continually giving. Well, um, so I there's giving the hospital too. That? That's in my. Uh, that's in my. Uh, not will. Uh, in my TIA, they're the beneficiary because mm -hmm. I have sickle cell anemia, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, I have to go there mm -hmm. every two weeks on Thursday to get my zombie shot, and mm -hmm. uh, I give. I give a lot to that one. Yeah. I give at least two thousand dollars a year, <coughs> and for me, that's a lot. Right, but people but, who are bankers here. But you know what? That's that's, that's your contribution to something no, but that you're I passionate about. Them, We're going to mm -hmm. talk about ten thousand dollars in my. Uh, so you made a bequest in, in a will. Which hospital? Uh, I'm in the first one on 168th Street. What's the name of those people? But I'm in the. Milstein or. Is it was it Milstein? Well, that's a university medical school. Yeah. No, it's I want 168th. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Columbia yeah. University yeah. Medical Center. But they had the two people who, I, I, I can't have, how does somebody get their name? I can't even phantom 
Get a name, like and, uh, so much money. a year. <laughs> exactly, that's what you've done. You give, you've no, I give more than fifty dollars. <laughs> I think that is true. Any other giving societies that people? When you say giving society, I mean yeah, you know, for for schools like for so, law you school. know every year, alumni mm-hmm. contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But do they actually send you something saying, um, yeah, you know, no, you're no. part of the Loyal Blue Society, you're part of this no. society, Hermes, no. Hermes Society. So uh, Carol, the law school, law school does. The law school does. The, so. the, the answer is I'm part of the uh, hematology uh, oncology group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's because that's actually where you've been giving your money and also where you've been mm-hmm. questioning well. Right. Okay. Um, what about other places? I mean, everybody here, I'm sure, is philanthropic outside of Columbia as well. I'll give a lot. Um, is I there... get to the peace. Mm-hmm. They called me Peace Action. They called mm-hmm. me... Mm, Last week, and they'd like to have a do a concert, an opera on Emmett Till. Oh yeah. And I said, uh, I I'm part of a slightly big church, not tremendously big. And all they need is all the information, and we're going to have it. How long it'll take the information, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I give to uh, no, no guns, no mm-hmm. peace. Feed the kids. Yeah. Uh, there's several. What's your fate? What's the number one? We're going to go around the table actually and just say, you know, what is the number one place that you consider your top priority for philanthropy? Wherever it is. We'll start over here. Well, I mean, for me, it's uh, very personal because, uh, you know, I met Elaine, my wife, of uh, well, 48 years. She died about three years ago. She was a professor at the anthropology department. From '83 until 2016, mm-hmm. and died. Uh, but Elaine, along with several others, uh, founded the Institute for uh, Women and Gender and Sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. so, after she died, we, we, my son and I, thought, okay, let's do something in her memory. And you know, we lived at 460 Riverside. I work at 475 Riverside. Right? <laughs> <laughs> our office was right there, so we walked in Riverside Park. So that was one, you know, mm-hmm. to the Riverside Park Conservancy. But yeah. uh, we were able to raise about over fifty thousand to get an endowed um, memorial mm-hmm. at the institute uh, for her. She, her primary interest was students, mm-hmm. so you know, students that uh, need a little extra, like maybe four or five thousand to do some research, particularly feminist research, in whatever their area, though the, the two students that have, we've gotten so far are from anthropology. But once you get established, then you really try to get more money there mm-hmm. so of more course. students can get it. And originally we thought maybe a lecture, so we started off with a lecture, but rather than having a lecture every year, which there's so many at mm-hmm. Columbia, um, Every five years, when the institute has its 25th, the 30th anniversary, and the rest go to students, so that's a that's a big that's your passion. That's yeah. That's that's, uh, that's where you yeah, and yeah. I, and the values mm-hmm. that go with it, mm-hmm. and and the institute had never had an endowment, mm-hmm. so it's been a really you know it's it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Carol, um, well, I have a couple of board commitments, so they. Despite their nature, are the largest annual gifts that I give, and that's one to Bates College. Hmm. Oh, to Bates? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Friends, we've gone. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. 
moving forward the next generation and yeah. in a way. Yeah. I'm done, so and to the Asian Cultural Council, because those are my two board mm. events. Mm-hmm. Mm. Probably in terms of cumulative total, you know, over time, if you look at that, probably Cornell uh, has received the most funding from me because mm-hmm. uh, that's my undergraduate school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, not so much that it was all my funding, but I've also participated in providing challenge grants and so forth. So, mm-hmm. And sure. also put some money from somebody else who's trying to do something with some funds that they raise. And so through my foundation, I kind of pushed some money mm-hmm. into um, some things which had to do with Haiti, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that that would be the difference, I guess. Yeah. Is, you know, two annual, um, still ongoing requirements, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. one which is in terms of over the several decades, you know, what it's come up to. And how do you feel um, about the way you know Cornell is where you you've made the biggest amount of your philanthropic giving? Are you happy with how they thank you? How they get back in touch with you when you're making your your gifts? Do you feel? Good about that relationship in terms of. Well, they've gotten better at it. <laughs> <laughs> Started slow, moved up. Yeah. You know, it's funny about how development and advancement works. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's still. You know, how did I, they get better? What did they do that made well, it better? Well, they made it more efficient, and you know, they okay. started to actually know how to keep track of things and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting more professional about it. I think that happened once uh, Charlie Flagler kind of took over mm-hmm. um, advancement. But um, it's still ongoing. You know, there's lots of changes Um, in terms of the people who were there and mm -hmm. how that happens and and how you know there's restructurings that go on. And Mm -hmm. now they actually have more people on the ground here in New York. Mm -hmm. Since Mm -hmm. they have such a large population of alumni here, it's about fifty or sixty thousand Cornell alums in the New York metro area. Mm -hmm. And I think they've decided finally that, and also because of Cornell Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't do everything out of Ithaca, and many of us probably like Cornell don't get up there very much. I, I'm also on the advisory council for arts and sciences, so that mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. me up there, and then mm-hmm. you get that recognition because you're part of something. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Cool, thank you. Most philanthropic place, the place that you care about the most for giving? <laughs> well, I'll start with Columbia. I haven't given any money to Columbia at all. And somehow that I got on the list of the Earth Institute, and I started to attend some of their talks, and so I've given a fair amount of money to the Earth Institute specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, when I looked for my letters of recommendation to graduate school, I went back to the school I had started in, which was Trinity College. So I had a loyalty to Trinity, and um, but my wake-up call was at Dartmouth, and it was like, oh my God, if I'm going to survive in this environment, I'm going to have to really work, because I never had taken quantitative courses, and I hadn't realized I was signing up for a total quantitative program. And about halfway through my career, I didn't like what I was seeing in the industry that I was in, and so I went back, and Dartmouth was willing to match me one to one, and we created an endowment which has grown happily more than five-fold since I created it in 1984. Mm-hmm. And so now, 
ethics are taught permanently mm -hmm. within the curriculum at Tuck. Good. And, uh, but as to where most of my money goes, yeah. it goes to an organ organization called the International Center of Photography. Because my, my yeah. wife and I were the children that Cornell Kappa, who created ICP, uh, didn't have. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I was the executor on his estate, and I actually mm -hmm. put him in the ground. Um, and so there is an almost illogical commitment to... But it's an emotional commitment. Yeah. yeah. And that's, what, that's not that's, illogical, it's no. emotional. Yeah. So that's really what we're trying to talk a little bit about mm -hmm. here tonight, mm -hmm. which is more, you know, why do you give? What do you give to and why do you give? Because there's always a story. There's always some reason behind it that underneath it all, there's some emotional connection. It could be because of a wife, it could be because of a child, it could be because of a dear friend, or it could be because you have awakened to something that you're really passionate about. Um, David. So I would um, say, just I want to comment on what you said. Um, in terms of giving to universities, um, uh, we, I direct a very tiny family foundation which gives uh, money and we give a, through that a very little bit of money to uh, Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. Mm -hmm. um, I was, you probably have this in your records, but I was the so-called founding chairman of the Earth Institute Advisory Board. <laughs> uh, but why I became that? Uh, and I'm no longer in, I'm no longer involved in that way. I was in, involved in the transition to the present um, executive director, Alex Halliday, who mm -hmm. is uh, from the former uh, acting executor, Steve Cohen. Mm -hmm. um, right. And so there was a sort of a need to hold a small board uh, together, and for a variety of reasons, I got chosen to be the person to do that. Mm -hmm. um, Gave a little bit of money along the way in that process, but mostly tried to work on an effective uh, transition and leadership search to the new person there. Um, I think it's very hard to think about giving money to these to these large academic institutions. Um, yeah. I went to Yale as an undergraduate, and I really I don't give Yale any money at all, other than paying like annual uh, dues because I can't really figure out any real reason that there's any mm -hmm. purpose to it. It just seems like throwing money away. Columbia Presbyterian, though, you mentioned that at, that is some place that you do give. Only because, uh, as it happens, I have a chronic illness, which they ha they have a, uh, a, like a, a unique in New York um, uh, center, which it's strangely enough like that's the that and NYU are the only two places where it's treated and um, so kind of out of appreciation for that mm -hmm. yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's Columbia it's because of my personal support right um, you're what we call a grateful patient a grateful patient right that's, exactly and that's actually a wonderful <clears throat> designation but it's it's a reason why many people do give because they're grateful for care from a doctor yeah Right. Yep. So I'm a grateful patient. But I think the giving to these large universities is very hard. Um, our son went to Rice, mm -hmm. uh, and our daughter went to Dartmouth. I would say that of the schools that I've run into, uh, 
um, Rice is just head and shoulders above every other institution in fundraising. It is so much better, whatever it's worth, than Yale, Columbia, Dartmouth. What do they do that makes them better? I think they do, or at least for me, they do a much better job of articulating the values of the university um, and how those values get um, reflected in the selection of the student body, the support for the students, and the curriculum. In, in, so I feel that Rice actually succeeds in convincing you that supporting them will result in supporting a, to a better outcome of who goes to Rice and what they learn when they're there. Um, as opposed to uh, focusing on the purely on the curriculum or purely on the research or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's it's the messaging that that mm -hmm. they're sending to to your well, child. It's the messaging, and it's the it's it's the quality of the messaging, and also the specific message. I mean, mm -hmm. Rice, you know, <coughs> Rice emerges from their fundraising as a place that actually does care about having a uh, broad and diverse student body that actually um, cares about making sure that works through the period of being at Rice. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, it's in a, in a far more convincing way than any of the other large institutions that we, that I run into in my life and I mm -hmm. run into. So I, I guess that, and then just on a personal matter, I was, uh, I founded a um, charity which still exists and which has been very uh, wonderful, which was created after the, I was, as I was the owner of Windows in the World Restaurant, I created a, a, a uh, foundation which was for the benefit of people who, uh, the families of people in the hospitality business, including my employees, uh, as well as employees of the hotels, delivery people, and so forth who were killed on September 11th, we raised a huge amount of money from the food service industry, from restaurants generally, and we actually are still now paying for, we pay for the education without any needs testing of mm -hmm. any children of any of the victims of September 11th, regardless of what their educational choices are. So we're paying for people who are in law school, we're paying for people who are in, uh, Light training school, you name it, we pay for it, but without a question of like what, um, what, you know, whether they could otherwise afford. Um, and I served for a long time on the board of the Poetry Society of America, which hmm. that's. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there we are. See, that's what's so wonderful about coming to one of these. Yeah. Everybody has very varied passions. Yeah. And so they'll be on a board because it's a passion, it's something they care about, or they'll, they'll start a foundation because of a tragedy or something. So that's, that's part of why we're here tonight. So. I, I'm interested in what you were saying because right here there are three of us who have some affiliation with Dartmouth. I, I'm a big <coughs> Dartmouth fan because my daughter went there. Mm. And it's a small school and I think that, uh, and I love Columbia. I absolutely love Columbia. I met my wife in the gym. Uh, we love Columbia. But Dartmouth 
has a wonderful, um, because it's in Hanover, it's a small community, it has a wonderful um, alumni group that's, that's very devoted. Um, and I found that something very compelling about their fundraising, the type of activities that they do. And I'm curious to know, I mean, Rice is a very, very fine school. I know they have a particularly strong music department, which is unusual for a school like that. And um, I, I'm curious to know why you feel that, that Rice does something better than, than say, Dartmouth, which to my, to my way of thinking, because of the nature of the school and where it's located, and its alumni um, has a lot to offer in terms of fundraising that um, big schools like Columbia don't really have as much, as much as I love Columbia. So, so just so I understand it, do you give to Dartmouth more than you do to Columbia because of it's that pretty sense, much, or is it equal? We give to a lot of schools mm -hmm. that, we, that we went to. Um, there's a, a, a private school here in New York that we give to. Uh, my daughter went there, I went there, uh, and there are, other, um, there are other schools that we went to that we mm -hmm. give to, mm -hmm. and we spread it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's no one, so if I said to you, what's the one? What's the one that I really couldn't say one? is you, you what's the one. Because it no. sounds like there's a bunch of them. No. Yeah. And my wife gives to law school, I give to the business school, and mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And are you thinking, you know, nowadays people are always talking about, um, you know, tax advantages and, and <clears throat> giving to, giving through securities or giving different ways to, to avoid paying tax, but to be very philanthropic. Is anybody here thinking that way or are you, are you doing your gift planning to, to people that way? Just put it in our foundation. So you have, a, how many people, have, uh, several people mentioned a foundation, so we have three people mm -hmm. who have foundation so that's what you do you put it in the foundation and then funnel the money through there yeah. so for me I mean uh, so uh, ordained United Methodist clergy I never made a lot of money but I've been at the Interface Center for corporate responsibility still working full-time so I'm getting that salary mm -hmm. uh, at almost 76 I'm getting a lot of uh, well the Social Security but it's really the minimum distribution mm -hmm. you required sure. and that's coming in big lumps now. So I've been, you know, talking with my friend and colleague at, at, who's looking after a lot of this uh, at TIA Craft because I have some pension money there. Elaine, uh, who, uh, as I said, died a few years ago, <clears throat> and she would she hit retirement. You know, she would, would be seventy now. So now some of her Comes pension you. is coming in. So I've been. Uh, thinking of setting up like uh, with like TIA or somewhere, uh, you know, a fund that essentially would be like uh, I guess it would be uh, you know a, I don't know if it's a four hundred one k or it's a Roth, but it I'd have to designate exactly the amount of money from the you know distribution into that mm -hmm. and designate it so it would go directly like for example to the institute. Mm -hmm. uh, for women and gender at Columbia, so mm -hmm. that's kind of the thinking that I'm doing. Because for tax know, planning to make yeah, sure that it flows directly, right. and you're not I've done the same with on. my TIAA. Oh, it is that right? Okay. Columbia Presbytery, my church, because the church is incredible, yeah. feeds the homeless, uh, yeah. gives food to the homeless, right, right. and uh, works with young girls, young boys. Mm -hmm. Just to, and then they do the international uh, yeah giving. Yeah. 
Sounds like so yeah, Presbyterian in my church would do. Because yeah. it sounds like just from just the conversation around the table, um, that many of you are already thinking about, you know, what your philanthropic legacy is in yeah. terms of where where you're where you're placing your, your priorities, what you're thinking that mm -hmm. you're doing with mm -hmm. um, things. Um, what is what does that mean to you? And then, you know, Gift planning, which is a term that obviously you all know that is about planned gifts, which is, is um, bequests, life income gifts, all of those kinds of things. Is that something that you think about on your own? Do you have an advisor that you work with for it? How does that work? I think it's something that all of us should think about. Um, I think in my case, it's always it, it's not been one consistent uh, contribution. I've sort of looked upon it as the things that I've been involved with. For example, at Columbia, I helped to set up the um, Master of Studio Arts program, mm -hmm. and the reason for that is because I'm on the board of a uh, two universities in Israel, one of which is the the um, uh, Design and Fine Arts University. The other one is the Technion, which is the one that's with Cornell yes. uh, on Roosevelt Island. Yes. So it's um, and um, being an enthusiast, I get roped into being on their committees and whatever. And so during that period of time, I would I would do that, and, and I think. Uh, at this point, you're right that the focus probably should be for, for each of us to at least think about how to, to do a, a more major focus. Yeah. Uh, of course, for a private foundation, that by its nature, it, it does uh, what it needs to do. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I think you, you raised an important point. Yeah, it's some it's something that I know a lot of a lot of our alums when when mm -hmm. we've had other groups where we've talked about philanthropy and things. You know, some of them are much more. Um, ready and, and they've already done it um, and there is there is a society I don't know if you've ever heard of, of the 1754 society has anybody heard of that mm -hmm. one two only when I got on this three. floor <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah. on this floor yeah <laughs> was there something else besides just uh, the fact that there's a pen inside your bag from them yeah. <laughs> um, oh there's a pen <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a pen in the front flap that there's a pen and a little pad of paper they they I said well I'm putting this nice bag together and there's a sea cap that that all came from from my my stuff and they said oh we have little pads and pens they're really nice yeah, pads. Yeah, yeah, right. I said everybody can use another pad. <laughs> I know for sure. Totally fine. Um, but yeah, I mean as as we were just saying, Aaron, you know, there's lots of different ways that people um, do gift planning. I mean, some people are very organized. They they have their first child. They start their wills. They start to think about where the money's going to go. And then there's other people who say no. Those vehicles aren't things that I'm, I, I care about yet. Um, Carol, you have a foundation, so have you already been thinking about how that all flows in, in terms of the will and, and children and gift planning and all the rest of it? It sounds like you might be yes. on that <laughs> yes, road already. Yeah. I, was, I was gathering. Right. Um, have, you, have you done any gift planning for Columbia? Is Columbia something that you care about? To I think what we're... Our plan is to give while we're alive, mm -hmm. which is sort of like the Robert Wilson school of, you know, and give what you can and uh, mm -hmm. you, know, you don't want to leave it to others to decide what to do with the funding. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we do a lot of direct you know, giving um, mm -hmm. and have sort of an annual budget in which that we just mm -hmm. decide how to se segregate them between my husband right. and myself. Right. Well, we are planning to leave some amount for the children to work on mm -hmm. as uh, something that they could do together, hopefully in unison and in harmony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Is that written down somewhere? Yeah, um, more for them to consider. Uh, um, I mean, they, they to, to learn about philanthropy. Mm -hmm. 
and the fact that they aren't going to get the money <laughs> from us. They have to work <laughs> and earn their own livings, and this is something separate because we thought that was very important for them to be yeah. independent, mm -hmm. uh, financially independent, mm -hmm. um, without it coming from subsidies from parents. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty much the setup. Yeah, yeah. And David, you said you have a foundation. Well, or actually, or in my case, um, there, as I mentioned, there's a very small family foundation mm -hmm. which was established by my grandfather, uh, and then mm -hmm. uh, it was subsequently, uh, it, ha it has as members of its board um, his, some of his descendants, and mm. will presum presumably my children may or may not but so, mm -hmm. he, but um, I guess we take a sort of a different view, which is we sort of try to give away the money that we can with that, without invading the capital of this foundation, mm -hmm. and then let we'll, let with with the sense that it will continue, and my children or my nieces and nephews will be involved. We'll, we'll, we'll take mm -hmm. on, right? Um, so some of these terms that I was given. Um, things like charitable remainder trusts or life income plans or um, bequests or IRA rollovers. Mm -hmm. That's something that's become very popular. I, I've that's seen many yeah. articles about the IRA yeah. rollover yeah. And, yeah. and actually what David was talking about right. was just that. I which haven't is, rolled over yet, but yeah. I will. But you're... But you're, you're, no, you're it's, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Um, because of the tax implications. Because taxes, especially in, if those of us who live in New York, um, they're difficult taxes, and people who, if you own property, et cetera, et cetera, so the tax bite is bigger. So, you know, people are starting to move into that, into that sphere where they're, they're saying, you know, I need, really need to start to think about those things. Um, does everybody here have a will? I've made my children get wills. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad that you all do. So it was just a question, really, for, it always surprises me. It surprises my, my son, who's in his, you know, 30s, that many of his friends do not have wills. It's just like, what's wrong with you people? Um, the circumstances that make you change something, though, what's so interesting is each one of you said, you know, I used to do this, or I now do this, or whatever. It sounds like sometimes there's almost like a left turn, that either something happens, and you suddenly say, now I'm going to give more money over here, or that, you know, is it that there are certain things that you feel it's your duty and responsibility to just, even if it's not a lot, Dartmouth. Should I always give to Dartmouth because it's a duty and a responsibility, or Columbia, or whatever, versus no, I'm now moving more of my philanthropy somewhere else. I think we reinvent ourselves and go along with that come our, our giving. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's important uh, to recognize that. I think rarely is it these days anyway just total continuity that you graduated from someplace. That's your only affiliation, and I think. Um, you know, most of us went to several schools along the way, so it depends where our children go, our grandchildren go, mm -hmm. and, you know, so all of that I think is part of the, the picture. Mm -hmm. yeah. The next generation, the children, mm -hmm. we're talking about a little bit, but also the grandchildren. So mm -hmm. many, many people have children who have grandchildren. Is that something that you're thinking about, that you say, well, I would love to be able to fund college for grandchildren, or I would like to be able to do X for, you know, there's... There's different vehicles now that people move towards where they say, I'm going to you know, fund a 529 for a grandchild or an UPMA for, you know, so they can go to summer camp or they can do whatever. 
Anybody here thinking about that or doing those kinds of things? Yes, 529. 529. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. David, yeah. is that something that, that you do as well or, or no? Uh, well, my children are adult, are adults and mm -hmm. um, so the short answer to that is no, I really don't have any mm -hmm. sort of tax planning beyond it for them. Right. Okay. And Tony, do you? You have it, would, it would be my grandchildren. Grandchildren? But I haven't done anything. Done anything with that yet? Yeah. I thought about it. Yeah. David? No. No? Yes. Yes? Okay. Uh, from uh, the city is good when she retired while working for them in the horrible. So uh, my children doing very well. They're all professionals. Mm -hmm. So my TDA, which you they kind of match, uh, are all in my grandchildren's name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't need anything from me. Uh, the, the, my so when you say that, that's 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 in your will. That's something that no, no, is that they, something that, that as you my beneficiaries, your beneficiaries are, are the grandchildren. grandchildren. Got it. Got it. So because that actually is something that people do talk about too. You know that beneficiaries are not necessarily. A spouse, a child, could be another institution. It mm -hmm. could be, you know, grandchildren. Well, both. Could, I be, have could be both. Your church. TIAA and, mm -hmm. and right. Columbia. Mm -hmm. exactly. But the School of Social Work is not in there. I mm -hmm. just give that. Mm -hmm. Right. But the pre Presbyterian mm -hmm. is in there. Mm -hmm. That's TIA. Yeah. And mm -hmm. for my TDA, mm -hmm. say while you're working there, uh, are my grandchildren. Grandchildren. Got it, got it. Um, so let me see, have, how much time do we have left? Because I know you have to go. Right, so we're going to ask a couple questions about this 1754 Society since they donated a pen. They get a few questions, I'm sorry, anybody who donates. Athletics probably would say, wait, I gave you seat caps. No, sorry, we're not talking about athletics. Although maybe there's somebody in here who loves athletics. I haven't heard that come up yet, so I figured, no. Arts, yes. Athletics, maybe yeah, not so I much. I love athletics, but I'm not funding any. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The people who want to fund athletics are always talking about it. The rowers, the yeah. are, tennis are there players. A lot from Columbia that do because that was something that I was, you know, wondering about. For example, you know, if you think about whether it's Dartmouth or Cornell, it doesn't you know, you're always going to the games, but given the fact that the stadium mm. the only time I've been there is for a Cornell Columbia game. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've heard that, that from Dartmouth too. Columbia yeah. Might, we'll yeah. Win. Or, or either or side. Either, either, either way. Is that the yeah. 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 Is that the Allen Pavilion? All the yeah. way up by you know, yeah, the Allen. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, 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 ba yeah. it's Baker yeah. Field. It's uh, yes. two hundred and so I wonder how Two oh seven. seven, yeah. I went there with, on the, the subway. The community really is Twice. because it's just so far away that yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, the only one I know is really fencing, as well, because uh, yeah. the Columbia fencing team has been very. They've you know, been and the baseball team. The baseball, baseball team's been very strong. I, I was up there, but for my son, when he was playing in high school, he was a big fan of the baseball yeah. But I just always thought it was interesting because that's one of the major affinity points. Uh, among universities is the athletics. Mm -hmm. Even when you have a consecutively losing team, you really get excited. <laughs> and that's, you know, so mm -hmm. how, how is Columbia? Athletics is huge is? at Columbia right. because what happens is the people who are the athletes 
are dedicated, to dedicated the, uh, the from the you. time they start playing through whatever to the coaches to the parents they're very active yeah. parents mm -hmm. who are involved okay. in sure. the athletics yeah. as well but, yeah. but, but I think sort of yeah. the feeling you're seeing is accurate I think it doesn't extend as much into the rest of the student body and the rest right. of the alumni community yeah. as Absolutely it does true. in other places it's less a small cohort of, oh <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. we're going to the game this weekend. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's as this powerful. No. I mean, the community within, you know, within the faculty and staff and stuff, they're always, you know, rah-rah. It's basketball season again. Everybody, let's all go play basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, watch basketball. But, I mean, I know several women who graduated, first graduating um, class that female were at for Columbia. They were on the women's tennis team. They, they were in each other's weddings. Mm -hmm. They they're they're bonded together in a way that's beautiful, mm -hmm. but also just what you would see at another institution necessarily. You wouldn't think it for Columbia, but yeah. the athletics piece of it seems to have brought them together. Would you say that the um, information and fundraising that goes to Columbia uh, undergraduate alumni is different than what goes to the graduate alumni? Just for example, on the sports, because certainly I've never heard. As a law school graduate, I've never heard the word one about any Columbia sports. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it is much more undergrad. undergrad. That's absolutely yeah. true. If but there but are. If, but as an alumni, you if you know there's you would be likely to get if you were a, a undergraduate alumni, you'd be likely to get some type of information like the football team is playing totally. on Thursday yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. There would be, there yeah, might be, it, but but then again, if you if you get you know the CAA newsletter, which is the Columbia Alumni Association newsletter that goes to all alums, so you should get that the last hmm. week of every I'm month. Oh really? You get that? Okay. Do you get that? No. 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 And it's mm -hmm. interesting. So none of you are getting the CAA, the Columbia Alumni Association newsletter. I don't think so. Don't think so. <laughs> Well, <laughs> write that down. Yeah. Um, because it goes out the last Wednesday of the month. It's filled with all sorts of lectures and things that are interesting or volunteer opportunities or stuff like that. Uh, Maybe not as focused as the CA Arts Access one. Mm -hmm. Is it going an print or an email? It's an email. It's an email. I get Steve Cohen's each week. From the Earth Institute. His, his blog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But his, I mean, the good thing. Uh, do you get Alex Halliday's reports? No. You should get that if you're even vaguely interested in Earth Institute. Oh, I am. Yeah. I'm going to put in a cameo appearance tomorrow at uh, the council. Yeah. Well, the new director, Sir Alex, has really I done a fantastic job and sends it. I think I, I think I got him today, but sends out a really really excellent sort of summary of what they're up to. It's really come up to a much better level. So, but for whatever it's worth, you get into this. I would say this event um, is a good example to me of how it is that uh, there are many, many, many things that are going on at Columbia, and unless you happen to be focused on one particular thing, there's an awful lot going on that might be of interest mm -hmm. that you don't hear about. Yeah. Now, so Marilyn mm -hmm. teaches at Columbia, she teaches a course in addition to having gone to the law school, mm -hmm. and the reason that I'm here is because she got an email about this. That's right, she was I, on our list. Right. Now, why she is on that list and I'm not, I can't really say. And when I go into the business school mm -hmm. and I see um, 
some notices of activities that are going on at the business school that I've heard nothing about. I get plenty of emails about various activities at the business school, but I don't think that there's one place that I could go if I wanted to see all of the events that are taking place even within the business school, let alone other schools. And so I think there is an opportunity to give access to all of these things that mm -hmm. we don't well, have access The first to. thing that we'll do is find out why, why everybody in this room isn't getting mm -hmm. the CA newsletter. Mm -hmm. But each one of your schools has newsletters as well that, mm -hmm. they, that they supposedly are sending out. So you should be getting emails like, like that. One thing to always check, though, and because if there's content in that newsletter that might spark a spam filter in if, you, if it's coming into your business or if it's coming into something like that, it's entirely possible that it's sitting in spam and when you yeah. delete spam and there's 400 things in there and you don't look to see each one, you may be Could deleting be yeah. some of those newsletters, especially if they started coming in and you haven't been seeing them, they're staying in spam and, that, and then you're just not getting them because you should be. Um, Columbia Magazine you all get because it's mailed to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the one piece of mail that continues on because that's, you know, something that they're, they're behind. But I know that, um, you know, people who are involved with certain things will look for those emails um, if they read the spec or if they read, want to see CA, Arts Access. But, um, you know, there's also online the um, Alumni Association redid their website. If you go to the Columbia Alumni Association in columbia.edu, you can find a lot of information mm -hmm. right there mm -hmm. as well. There's an events section. You just type in university events, and then there's calendars. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that I think yeah. people don't know right. about, and maybe would, especially if they live in the New York area. But it seems to me yeah. it's more the responsibility of the administration to do something about that. If I, if I were on your side of the table, I would mm -hmm. think what you should do is you should at very least, sort of create a simple questionnaire to the alumni saying, "Are you are you interested in any mm -hmm. of these things?" It's, it's actually going to be coming in a couple of months. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll go to spam. It'll go to spam. But it will. It will. It may go to spam. Maybe, it's incredibly, right. incredibly easy to do, and it could be. Well, yes, I'm interested in you know um, Arabic literature, whatever. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, it, it, and then this would be easy, mm -hmm. especially now with the way in which data is maintained to. Yeah. No, we are planning. We are planning to do a survey, but the problem that we've run into is spam filters, especially depending upon what your Columbia addresses that we use. So you want to see those events that always content that matches those interests, right? When we ask alums to give us the address that they know is the address that they can open and get things from, so many times there's that suspicion. Oh my God, that means you're going to be sending me a whole bunch of stuff asking me for money. No, we want to be sure that you're getting this content because we've heard in other sessions that sometimes people say maybe it is sitting in my spam folder but mm -hmm. I don't I don't know what you're talking about I haven't seen it mm -hmm. um, you know so one real quick question on is do any of you use your columbia.edu email address yeah I know well <laughs> part, part of the reason I ask is we can go back and check because I that might be where those newsletters are going to it could be but 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 they all received the email to come from. Right. So, yeah. so if they're not, and that it's, was the, yeah. So maybe we what we have to find out is the people who gave us the list. Where did yeah. they get where it they from? Because <laughs> we yeah, want exactly. to be sure. 
You know what, Alan, if you can just actually reach we? over, put those I'm cookies sure. on the table. Because these are the gluten-free ones over here, the ones with two different kinds this of cookies. This is from on David's. And these, are the <laughs> right. these are tapes. Right. These are gluten-free. If somebody's gluten-free, gluten -free, we kept them far away from the others. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> never touched, but feel free to have a cookie. They're tapes. They're thin, which means, of course, that they're still some of Dietetic. You know, it's interesting. Uh, we we'll take one of the... the High given, test. High test. Yep. The high test. Here you go. Yeah. I think, given the nature, go for it. All the different things you don't that want to are share happening one every oh, day in Columbia, mm -hmm. there needs to be some way. I mean, for me, the, you know, I mean, it's not just the magazine. SEPA, a lot of emails from SEPA mm -hmm. because of the International Fellows Program was a part of uh, the Institute uh, for Women and Gender. I had, a, you know, obviously getting a lot of information there. Uh, my wife and I would go to you know some of the women's basketball, so we could get all the schedules still, mm -hmm. which which is which is good. So I think there's a you know where you're more active, you're going to get a lot. Exactly. But if there are other interests there are, you have, which right, is and that's really what we're trying to uncover yeah. Yeah. because right. interests are such an important part of getting to know alums better. Right. But if you knew that there was something that was going on that might attract your attention. If there's a lecture series that's in some school that you're not right. familiar with, right. and there's some it. really outstanding uh, um, lecturer, some, some guest who's coming on campus, and you mm -hmm. knew about it, you'd probably want to go. Mm -hmm. But you don't find out about it, because right. the school is not really particularly attuned to organizing things and allowing alumni to know about it. Uh, as For opposed to having mm -hmm. having to go seek it out mm -hmm. in yeah. uh, obscure places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's actually. I mean, again, the CAA newsletter is is the, the purpose of that is to provide Good. that overview once a month so to people in the New York area as well as you know worldwide. Um, any rate, let's let's finish off with yours. a couple of things about the 1754 Society, just so I feel I've done duty to them with their pen <laughs> and their pad. Um, sounded like. When I said, have you heard of it, a few people said, yeah, but most people were really, no. like, you've heard of it, and David. I think it was okay. just David. Um, and did you hear of it because somebody had told you about it, or? Um, I get um, lots of emails asking for money. And that's part, and that's that's part, part of, of it. That's yeah. part of it, the gift planning piece of it. Because just so you know, I'm, I'll read you what they gave me. It's, um, it honors alumni and friends of Columbia who have made future plans for the university through trust, estate, or other future gifts. It was named, not a surprise, for the year in which King's College was established. The society recognizes the vital role that benefactors have played over the centuries of Columbia's emergence as a preeminent educational institution and the role they play in ensuring its continued preeminence. So... Um, and they have over 1754 members, so mm. that's, yeah. they passed that number at some point this year, which was was pretty um, exciting for them. Um, and this is again, you know, it's it's really the people who have said to Columbia, "I'm leaving mm -hmm. you something in, in your book," which actually you are. So you should be a member of this society, which means you'd be invited to things because you're giving to, you know, Columbia. No one. I give to the social work school and to the hospital, mm -hmm. and I give most of my money to the hospital. I right. never got. Right. I've never gotten none of that. I get yeah. letters to say we want more. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 We want more of what you have. Yeah. You take your dog, your children. <laughs> I don't get any letters say. Well, we can. Um, yeah. well, we can check on that for you because, cause we because don't, you because you, you can be because you can be a member and be invited to those events and so forth. Right. I was invited um, to 
few years ago. I don't know. It was, just, it was a it involved the medical school. It was on 65th or 62nd Street. Okay. Well, right off of Fifth yeah. Avenue. Okay, we'll check. We'll check. Mm. We'll check because it sounded like you know. And anybody who does, if they if they just say you know I plan to do this at some point, they don't have to necessarily say how much, what it is, whatever. But is if they if they make an intention, then they become part of the society. There's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of different things that mm -hmm. the society gets and does um, in terms of lectures, in terms of podcasts. Um, Phone casts. They they've actually had. Um, I think they had a lecture. What was it? The one that um, on extreme climate and yeah. neuroscience memory mm. programs in 2018. They had a reception at the journalism school. Threats to the press program that they did. So a lot of really interesting lectures are tied just to this society. Uh, they they I want to get on a monthly basis activities that they do somewhere on 70th Street. I think that was initially, or used to be New York Hospital. Hmm. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Get monthly. Yeah. So, well, that you know, they have uh, lectures, uh, eating, uh, exercise, somebody coming, talking about something. That sounds that. like through the wellness or something. It may be. That may be. The, the well, there, there's a very active wellness thing. I think um, I'm going to have to. You have to go. But I, Thank it just you struck so me. Much I'm going to say just a moment where I'm going because it, it's interesting. It fits what we're doing here. Uh, Manny Chirico, who's the CEO of uh, PVH, the apparel company, mm -hmm. um, uh, as the Interface Center of Corporate Responsibility, we work with companies like that a lot. So we've worked with them on human rights policies and all the issues that they're facing globally. Uh, so Manny, who uh, graduated from the business school at Fordham, uh, they, they've started, tonight they're, they're celebrating this agreement that they've made, a kind of a partnership, uh, you know, to get money to really um, integrate into the, a little more than it is right now, into the uh, business school, some of the social, environmental, human rights, sustainability issues. Mm. And that's a key interest. So it's up at the business school of Fordham tonight, just right at Lincoln Center, near Lincoln Center. Is that where you're yeah. headed to? So, uh, you know, it's 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 a good example of yeah. here. He's now a CEO. Not that, and, and the company believes in all this too, but they really want to get it more embedded. Mm -hmm. And of course, where how did they selected Fordham? Because that's where he went. That's mm -hmm. where he got his degree. Mm -hmm. So cool. that's an example. Anyway, good to meet you all. Yeah. Um, these Please. cookies are only for the Davids, so. And Tony's doing very well over here. Okay. Yeah, there you go. But thank you very thank much. Thank you so, so much. Make sure you take your bag with you. Definitely. Your bag. And I just wish um. there had been two pans in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so take much care. for coming. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Um, so. Getting to campus, that was one thing that, the reason that we had this session here is because we know for some people that it's hard to get to campus. It's hard to get there from work, it's hard to get there in general, and that, that you know, if you have a session that finishes at 7.30 or 8, people are like, oh, now I have to get back down or get to wherever. Um, when do you go to campus? When was the last time you were on the campus? Last year. Last June? Last year. Last year, okay. A couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. For a meeting or for? I, I keep office hours once a month at the Lang Center. Okay. okay. So, so I'm that's there right. once a month yeah. at least. And I go to the social work school. To the social work school. 
oftentimes have an African economic forum. They have a Asian uh, economic forum programs that, that I, I tend to go to, and the law school has programs from time to time that are interesting. Although I think the last time I went was um, for uh, Dick Gardner, did a memorial program for him. Okay. He, w he was a professor who was giving a talk the day that Kennedy was shot. Mm -hmm. And um, I was head of the International Law Society, and guy ran in the middle of the luncheon with a message and he said, I've got to give this, I've got to give this. So he gave it to me and I opened it. Mm. So that was the message. Oh my gosh. Mm. Wow. That stays with you forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, anybody go to reunions or homecoming or any of those kinds of activities? So you go to anybody else? Been to a reunion? I went to a dark book one. <laughs> I, I did go. You did go? Okay. But it wasn't excited. something that I loved. <laughs> I've gone to a couple of law school reunions. A couple of law school reunions. What makes you go? If you don't go all the time, there's some people who are just like, reunion, I'm there. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm always going to go. And then there's other people who say, maybe this is a good year to go. Maybe it isn't. People, to see some people. To see people. To see people. Yeah. Have you ever had, this, this came up in, in another session that we did. Have you ever had anybody call you? From your from your class to ask you to, to contribute to to something. Oh, peer to peer social work peer people peer? call two and three times a year. Yeah. So, but are they your classmates or are they just no, social? No, I work? wouldn't even know who were my classmates. Okay. <laughs> so, Aaron, you yes. Were, yes. yes. So Close you've actually had classmates who've called from yeah. your class from year class. from your law school class. Do you find does that make you more interested in giving less, same, whatever? A reminder. It's a reminder. It's a good thing. Reminders are good. I, I like reminders. Carol, have you ever had anybody peer-to-peer -peer say, Carol, I gave to X. How about you? Uh, no, I haven't. No? No? Grammar school, high school. <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on. Trinity College, my first two years. Mm -hmm. Nobody from Columbia. Nobody and, from Columbia. Uh, Dartmouth. Interesting. Okay, Dartmouth. No. Nobody from either place? Any Nobody place? from any of the places. Sure those aren't going into like phone things that you just ignore? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's not, the, not the spam folder and it's not voicemail. It's not voicemail <laughs> and there's no email that's coming no. from somebody. Okay. I don't think I've ever had a classmate from law school call me. Call you. Okay. okay. You were which class? Uh, 77. 77. They're waiting. <laughs> They're waiting. <laughs> so it started. It started uh, a little bit later. Okay, good to know. Um, it sounds like the, the so many interesting comments about events and things that, that you're interested in. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different programs that the 1754 Society likes to do. Uh, they would be, you know, curious to know what kinds of events would you want to see if you if you became a member of the society. This is just you know. Again, my, my questions to ask for the pen people. Um, any thoughts about that? What events, you know, would be of interest? Would you want to tune into a phone cast that was about climate? Would you want to exclusive just for this group? As I said, they they do their own special events um, or a reception with a guest speaker. There's a musical performances at the Miller Theater. And there's some at uh, the Italian house that take place. Uh -huh. So if they sponsored one of those kinds of events, that would be well, something of I, interest. Well, I just 
know that I've gone to, to some of those mm -hmm. and that's sort of not um, within the, the traditional academic framework. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is something at the Explorers Club? What was interesting was that it never occurred to me that I was a Columbia alum, per se, um, because it was undergraduates and grad graduates, so it was a mix, and also Barnard, because one of my friends went to Barnard was there. Hmm. And then, so I, I got one of these that says Columbia <laughs> alumni, and I said, oh my gosh, I guess I am. <laughs> Just, uh, As they handed was, it to you. Yeah, you I, it? I never, you know, was it a CU There program? What was it called? I have no idea, but I yeah. thought I was close enough. I, was, yeah. I liked the Explorers Club, and it was uh -huh. a tour of it, and there was music, and it was also neuroscience. So it was probably I, similar. I got, uh, and that was I kind of fun. Email. I used to get email. I used to get say, you know, but did, uh, wasn't it, even it just really never but occurred it, to it me didn't that feel I was part of an alum of Columbia University in its entirety. Mm -hmm. I used to get uh, email, I don't think I got it for the last two years, of the travels that the Colum mm -hmm. Columbia alum oh, did. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, that's the also the CAA. Kind of Oh. They have a travel program. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, Korea, Japan, uh, part of those? Europe. Yeah, yeah those are good. I get all of that from Dartmouth. But you're not getting it from Columbia. Columbia has the same things that Dartmouth has. Right. Same kind of. And I don't know why they stop sending it. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting too, because all of all of those things are things that, again, that the Alumni Association sponsors. They have a very active travel program. Yes. They, you know, they have, yes. um, there's, a, there's a women's conference coming up. Did you receive any information about Shielding <coughs> the Door? The women's? Now that I'm on a panel at Columbia for um, next, well, the end of February? The end of February, yeah. okay, so that's Women something different. Women in technology or something. Okay. I think it's from the business school. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, this is actually not this weekend, but next weekend, um, Sunday, there's, there's an all-day women's conference. Because I mean, it just seems to me that somehow, <coughs> and, and spam, spam is not something that we can control, obviously, but it's just, you know, I think there's a lot more and more apparent mm -hmm. that a, a lot, of, a lot mm -hmm. of things are not getting through to you. Um, I, I get a lot from Hunter College because I'm on their investment committee. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, <coughs> and it's one lecture after another that, and I tend to go to those lectures. Because you, you know, I think so much of what this is is we just want to offer you the choices. I think that's to come. A, it's a very it's a weak communications program. Yeah. 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 It's sounding that way. Yeah. yeah. I mean you the fact that to get information the and then it just stopped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well that th that you were getting it and then it stopped, but yeah. it sounds like many well, were not getting it at all. Is all over me. They've got you. They've got you. Right? Because you're getting um, Earth yeah, Institute they, things. I, mean, I, I kind of was responsible for trying to get them to get to people. I mean, I, so mm -hmm. As the yeah. chairman of the sort of so-called advisory board, mm -hmm. I, one of the big problems with the Institute was that nobody knew about it and had very low visibility. And so um, a group of us got together just to give some money to enhance the visibility of the, of the organization. Yeah. Um, but I do think that in, at Columbia in general, it's a weak program. In any of those categories that you mentioned, like Sam was mentioning, the travel program, for example, I didn't even know it existed. I do some traveling with the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which is unbelievably wonderful. And Smithsonian has one too. Because the, the, the curators from the Met go with you, and mm -hmm. if you're interested in that area, you see 
one thing you would know otherwise. I, right, I just do. have no idea does Columbia do this, but um, they do. They do. And, have, but do they make it uniquely? Professors, professors go. Mm -hmm. right. Absolutely, yeah. lectures on the way. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the problem was for me only is that this age I've been to almost every country that they have, and when I was teaching at Lehman, I would take my students to uh, Egypt three times, and we always had somebody to tell them mm -hmm. and to instruct them. So I'd always been to all of these places, right. unfortunately. Right. So I. Yeah. It's not because if I were younger, if I was thirty or forty, I would. I would take more involvement sure. in it. Yeah. Carol, can you speak a little bit? You sort of say still sort of inconsistent. Well, with, like, I, can you expand on that a little bit sure. for us? Sure. I, I remember say, saying to probably my husband, "I'll wait till they find me." <laughs> and yeah, I lived in New York for 13 years after I, you know, from graduation, and yeah. then. But when I left and was in Asia. You could still find me there, and mm -hmm. one of my my advisor knew how to reach me because mm -hmm. he was over at the Weatherhead Institute, and we'd be okay. on the phone together. Mm -hmm. And so it was only until I moved back, and probably several years after I moved back, and I've been back for twenty years, when they finally found me. Okay. But then they've kind of lost me again, you know. So it's just, this is one of the well, in terms of having sort of a, mm -hmm. an actual individual contact me. Mm -hmm. And that individual happened to be a Cornellian, so we talked about Cornell more than yeah. Columbia. Because I, I knew more, and and I I know there's somebody actually at the Met Museum now who used to be at Columbia doing development, so uh -huh. I see him because he's at the Met, mm -hmm. um, and I Matt oh, Hour. Oh yeah, I've heard so I thought, that. oh Matt, you were at Columbia <laughs> not too long ago, but I think there's always there's this constant change. Um, I think you're even right. Even in terms mm -hmm. of now, I Personnel. think there's no one again. Mm -hmm. But I, I get emails because I still go up to mm -hmm. Columbia. And mm -hmm. so it's more the individuals that I know, whether they're faculty or students, that I have those connections with. Mm -hmm. um, but and not that I want somebody from right. Corn, uh, Columbia constantly contacting me, you know, as an individual. but. Sometimes there is a person, sometimes there isn't a person, which I find really, you know, what's going on in development. Now, with the Lang Center, though, there not there a person that... that well, there, there's the director, the works assistant with, director. But isn't there a development person or somebody who's, who's working with you through that? No? I, I talked to the director. Well, yeah. Jer there's Jeremy and there's, you know, there's, there's individuals who run the programs right. and there's a commitment to what I do, so... Mm -hmm. But it's not as though the university or the business school itself is there's an individual from development talking to you. It's like in the business school there are probably a couple dozen different institutes so yep. there are all of these uh, sort of um, siloed organizations okay. within the business school and if you're involved in one of those you get a lot of communication from them you know the people in those organizations mm -hmm. but there's not much um, communication between them and there's not much awareness with uh, if you are a graduate of the school of all of the other institutes that are are there, mm -hmm. and um, uh, along similar lines, um, there I, I wanted to audit a particular professor's class, and I had a lot of trouble, hmm. a lot of trouble finding out if I could, and how I might go about doing that, and the process was really. Did you just, do it? Did you get there? As a matter of fact, the particular course that I wanted to take 
was closed because it was a very small course and it was supposedly going to be taught again in the fall and it wasn't and I basically gave up and I still don't know what it really takes if one wanted to audit a course as a graduate of what one does in order to be able to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's a tough one. The one thing that Yale did, they started a, an alumni course program Ooh. which was given at the Yale Club um, and um, at the school before um, graduation. Mm -hmm. And for example, poetry is one of the courses that I've, I've followed um, over several years because they were several wonderful poetry teachers. Uh, and uh, they have a civilization course, which is extraordinary that they give every so often. But that they only start, I think it's only the third or fourth year that they've done it. Mm -hmm. but, but I think it's a really effective one. The other one of as you mentioned, we all have gone to so many schools. Uh, the, the school that's now all of a sudden reared its head uh, is Cambridge in mm -hmm. England. I just did all of one year there, and it's as if I was there forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're on your you're list. On, you're on a list. <laughs> you're on, on a list. list. But, they, but they do wonderful programs mm -hmm. because they bring all the, the best and the brightest, Stephen Hawking's while he was still alive. And, mm -hmm. and um, they also did one of the most extraordinary non-fundraising activities I've ever been to when they decided <coughs> to celebrate their 800th year. So they did a program in San Francisco and New York, an all-day program you invited for breakfast, a whole series of programs, lunch, a whole series of programs, happy hour and dinner. Mm. And we all left and we said, well, thank you very much. What was this all about? What it was all about is that they had decided to start a one billion pound um, capital program, mm. but they neglected to say anything about it being very British. <laughs> <laughs> Did it show up later? The next year they learned better. <laughs> so now yeah. they're up to raising two billion mm -hmm. pounds. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty clear when you walk in what the gig is. You know, right. you're not going to be able to get away with the whole Gosh, day. Gosh, I had with a great day with, with somebody <laughs> exchanged. I love it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, any other questions? I think we just sort of, there are, you know, just sort of, Closing thoughts of, um, you know, maybe what you would, you know, we've talked about some of this, but what you, you know, what you wish you heard from Columbia, maybe that you don't, and you know, how how can we? You know, Sounds like lots of things. Yeah, that we know we, are going out there. Going, going out there, there. Yeah, but sort of how you know how yeah. can Columbia serve you better? Yeah. Because it sounds like, I mean, from Carol, we're hearing inconsistency, like somebody's there, somebody's not there. Maybe the people leave and then the, nobody's replaced them or you get dropped off a list. So that's a word that we're certainly going to pursue. I would like what David said, David Gunther said, that, uh, that you can audit classes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think that that would be good. And not necessarily in your major. I, Just something else as yes. an alum. Yeah. That comes in, in the idea of information and services that are still available and mm -hmm. open and accessible. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, also goes to the issues of messaging. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, back to communication. Yeah. And you know you have library benefits for life as, you know, yeah. using the library. Did not know. No. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, have, I, have a, I have a card that is supposedly good for the library. And I didn't, and on the back of the card it says, that it's still good. And I tried to use it at the business school library a couple months ago, and I couldn't get in. And you know, the nice librarian let me in. It wasn't a problem, but she told me that I had to go over to Butler to get a new card, even though the card that I had said it had not expired yet. And so just to get a new card becomes a project, 
and the old one, for reasons that are not clear, which says it didn't it's expire inspired. for another few years, you know, but... And especially if you can do that online, if you can have access to the library in my mind, that mm -hmm. would be fantastic. Sounds like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. It's definitely I think, a problem. I think there's definitely yeah, there's some, definitely some issues in terms of communication. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still have your ID for when you graduate? Yeah. Is there a library program? So. Like, is there a Friends of yes, the Yes, there's the Friends of the Library. Absolutely. The, library, <laughs> the libraries raise Plus money. Do. If, do, does anybody give on Giving Day? I think I did. Uh, I think I did. Because on Giving Day, there's um, you know a page, the, the main page, where they have all of the different places that you can donate to. And there's actually the libraries is one. All the schools are listed. The Earth Institute is there. The Center for Veterans and Transition is there. Women Creating Change is there. So all these different places, the Zuckerman Institute, there's there's a little place where you could click and you can donate to those places on Giving Day. Is there a place you can do that now if you just wanted to know about it and what weren't planning on giving on Giving if you Day? Go, if you go to columbia.edu and you type in libraries. No, if you type in library, is there a page that lists all of the institutes all and all the, the places so that you can see what they are? The, pro the problem yeah. is each one of the schools, as you yeah. said, you, yeah. you were the one who even said, yeah. there's dozens That's of right. centers right. and things. So you, got, you get you into to, the maze of where, how can you find, you, there's you not one find place to find all institutes all because yeah. some are here. You're absolutely right. Well, yeah. school by school probably. School by school. And that's the, that's the scary I'm part. I'm not even sure that if you look on the business school website that you could find where they're all listed. Right. I mean, I know, that, I know that there's something that is like the Tamer Center and some of the, the big ones, they're, they're certainly listed yeah. um, on like the main page, or you can go to them, our centers and institutes. Um, sadly, I've never seen anything that just lists everything. Like, here's, here's the thousand institutes and centers at Columbia. Because no there knows, probably yeah. are that many. Yeah, probably, yeah. But then, like you were saying, there's also the things that you want to do, like the CAA Arts Access, which is a program that the CAA created for the arts and culture. Mm -hmm. so that's a fantastic thing. It's right, it's right in there. If um, one take away from <laughs> tonight, please don't participate in that. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it's right. a wonderful program. Well, and also sorry, the Arts Access. access. The one that I wrote down here. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you been running these forums already, these focus groups before, and has there been several of them? And if so, then what are the, some of the comments that are coming from the other focus groups? And the this is the first one that we've done on, on this particular topic of philanthropy. We did one on, on um, motivations, like, you know, why do I give? And actually, when we were going around the table, you all had very personal stories of why why you give to different things, things that have affected you. But we haven't done this particular one. We are going to be doing more, so it'll be fascinating to us to see what whether... What is the difference between... The other focus group? I mean, it's and kind this of, one? Yeah, I mean, um, because for that, we actually had specific things. We were doing a, a survey, and we were asking about specific questions from the survey just to ask people language and whether or not we had the right motivations. Like, you know, if we said to somebody, why do you give? You know, what are the reasons why you give? List the top three reasons why you give. We'll see if to you this school or in general? Just in general. When you're giving a gift of, of money, what is it? what's the main reason why you're giving? What? I can tell you, if someone comes to me and asks for money, I, it's, they'll gain, gain no traction mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Zero. No, but you're making the decision. When you exactly. make a decision to yeah. give to someone. Exactly. It's not because why, anybody why, Right. Yeah. Right. 
So it's a personal choice, but also, I mean, some of the things that people have said is because I want to give back, you know, or I want to make an impact. I want to create something. But in those cases, it, it did not relate back to so why aren't you giving to Columbia, mm -hmm. or would you yeah. give more if something had changed? Where there's mm -hmm. trying to mm -hmm. look at the institutional, you know, yeah. whatever gaps or whatever. Yeah. You know, so that yeah. was being discussed. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that a, was also being discussed as well. And, were they very similar and some of it had comments? to do with communications. Yeah, absolutely. I see a lot of similarities. We, see, we do. And one of the things yeah. that was interesting, this was actually, we were in a CA branding uh, conversations, you know, not about giving. We were with some students last Tuesday night. Yeah, last Tuesday night. And one of the things that came up, even with students on campus, was I wish you would let me know all the different events that were going on that weren't necessarily at my school, but I'm interested in entrepreneurship and I want to know if there's an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship event happening at a different school, I might want to do that. So it's a very, it's, it's a common thread and problem. It starts right from the start. Okay. We, had, we had students from the medical campus in our group yeah. yes. and they said you know what I don't know anything that's happening on Morningside I have no idea and I know I'd like to go to some well, that's like I think people are broader than the institutional connection to the university yeah. I think all our interests are, are quite wide which and is varied. absolutely true mm -hmm. and just to be able to tap that interest yeah. by well that's why we do this yeah. because we, we you know we're looking at you as people who do have interests beyond, you know, we're not looking and saying, oh, you went to the law school, so you must just only care about things that are law. <laughs> we know that that's yep. not true. Exactly. So we wanted to bring people together, um, you know, to, to, to better understand. Is there a follow-up that happens? Um, the follow-up that happens is if you're, I mean, one thing that is, is certainly offered is <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly make sure you're on all the right lists to be sure that you're getting things. We'll, we'll send you a note and see. Do you want to take some food or anything? No, no, no. You've I'm had enough cookies, are you sure? <laughs> I'm responsible for all the cookies that Which I'm Which is awesome. Don't forget your bag. Don't leave without okay. your gift bag. Okay. Um, but yeah. yeah and one, one thing we can do is, um, if, if you all are interested, is in a, is, is a follow-up email out to you? I know there were some questions about like, the alumni travel program and arts access, yeah. some different things you that you mentioned. We can, we can provide you some information about how to learn a little bit more about those programs as well. Yeah. And that way you can also, you won't feel like you're, we're chasing you down, but you can go through it and see what seems most interesting yeah. to you. What else would you want? Yeah. In terms of follow-up, what else would you want to see? Um, you know, because we, we certainly, I mean, we don't know everybody at all the different schools, but if you wanted to be contacted by somebody at your school or in a particular part of the university, we'd be happy to pass your name along to somebody and say, uh, you know, they've they expressed some interest. A, if they have uh, lectures on health. Lectures on health, uh-huh. Or uh, law. A law? Mm -hmm. Okay. I would like to know. I would like to have a... It'll be interesting to see that newsletter that, that none of us get. Okay. <laughs> We're definitely going to make sure that you get that. Trust me. Well, yeah. Somehow I got to Zuckerman, and I don't know how. Yeah, I got to it, and it's been interesting. I've gone to two or three of the. They're the wonderful. Things, they're really wonderful. Yeah, I can't go uh, to the. Well, yes, they changed the to, date, so now yeah. I can't go. But it's, yeah, it's going up. If you've never been yeah. to Zuckerman, the. Um, yeah. Stavros Niarchos, it's sponsored through that foundation. Their their lectures about the brain. They actually had um, Eric Kandel mm -hmm. do one about his research. Yep. They've they've had research from the Galapagos studies. You know, this one is on um, brains and, and song. <laughs> um, so professors 
you know, presenting their, their lectures. Yeah. It's, it's some really interesting stuff. But we'd love to be sure that, you know, from, from this session, you get some things that you're interested yeah. in. So if there are things, either just send, you know, I'll, I'll be sending a thank you with some of the links that we talked about, but feel free to respond and say, you know, I didn't want to mention it in the group, but I'd love things about this. I don't want to have the problem that David had in terms of going somewhere that you can't interview. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, you're, you're I don't have any and, and the thing, too, is you are alumni of a particular school, but you're alumni of the university, and right. that's the yeah. difference that I think a lot of alums don't feel. Mm -hmm. which, is, um, which is not unique to Columbia. But which is not unique. Yeah. yeah. No, trust me, we, we, we hear it Okay, two, three, four. Two, three, four, but if, if that's right. in use, there's one just for me that's three, two, one. Three, two, four. Two, three, four. Three, three, two, one. So, um, gentlemen, I have no idea. Who's that? 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 Right. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I mean, you say, like, yeah, I need one of these. 
such a small world. there's definitely there um, and I mean and there's definitely um, I feel like I feel the turnover more keenly at Columbia yeah. than some than, uh, than other institutions of higher ed that I've worked that with. Point. I, I did a, I actually did a session like this with fundraisers our, our own internal fundraisers and they themselves said it's the hardest thing in the world to get everyone you can bring in that's why you're the fifth person mm -hmm. that I've met in the last two years because I just keep leaving. I move yeah. around and I don't feel like I get to know somebody. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like among the ones that I've met, they were, they felt temporary. Mm -hmm. sort of, it was just, they were just parts of themselves. Um, uh, and um, really, they really were just part of themselves. Yeah. Nice, really nice people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they weren't engaged mm -hmm. in as the um, advanced of professionals. Yeah. Interesting. And so it's that professionalization yeah. is lacking. Like, you know, it's not about fair. She really right. going to shape. Yeah. So, I mean, it really made a radical change at Duke. Yeah. Kelly sort of started the change. Mm -hmm. and, and then when he left in, in Syracuse. Yeah, there's a real concern, you know, that right. they were in the middle of, you know, getting a lot of things organized and then going to change. Mm -hmm. um, and he's going to take over, and then, you know, she really created yeah. a, a fairly robust staff of professionals. And yeah. there's, there's movement there, but you know that they're also being, they're being trained and going elsewhere to do right. advancement. Mm -hmm. So, which is, you know. Yeah, there's, like, a, there's a piece of that that that's is okay. good for the industry at large. That, yeah. that, but I don't think that's happening, except for Matt. You know, he's yeah. not a problem. He stayed in the staff. And he's really good at, you know, 
No, many of them. Yeah. Found it okay? Good. No, not really. I didn't know it was going to go all the way down. Did I miss it? Did I miss okay. it? It starts at the top. What yeah. I'd like to see. I got a feeling here. And too often yeah. I have that feeling when I go to a lot of places. It has nothing to do with Columbia. Yeah. That there wasn't a good mixture of people like myself. Social work, education, my second master's education. Six months is... Yeah. Journalism. Uh, I think that that would have been a better mixture because these are fields that don't necessarily do anything. And a person like myself, I'm too. Uh, in my opinion, or a whole bunch of lawyers and a whole bunch of business. I know. I Yes, I understand that. Because that's that's what's on your mind today, and that can be more important than I think a lot of times it's that transactional thing. Well, no, I'm not talking about Can you get? What do you call it? You have to break away from that. A little survey, so to say, you know. Help them accomplish their goals. I would like. I think that it all yeah. comes around the right uh, way. And, and, you know, it's probably a facility. You got to do that, you know, human touch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so important. You know, and I know. Because my reason for coming to Columbia might be extremely different from a lot of people here. You know, Yeah. Yeah. But you were reason for coming. Yeah. But still. But when I hear people having foundation, that reminds yeah. me of yeah. going to Columbia yeah. Presbyterian right. every yeah. other Thursday yeah. that they have that somebody can yeah. donate a building. Yeah. You can still start with being the majority of people. Right. Yeah. Right, but what's that? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, they're even 40%. Really? It's 40%. Yeah. I've been giving to the School of Social. Well, my, yeah. my youngest two are 40, they're twins. Since uh, they were little, little. Yeah. Elementary school. So yeah. When I was always paying for childcare or. Mm -hmm. Or uh, and maybe it's just by the college or private schools. No, they said you are a consultant. They know what's going on. They'll show up. Something that's not happening. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the work that we're trying to uncover. Is one, one of the pieces we had in this campaign. Getting back and being part of the community. Do you have a little question? Uh, that that creates an online engagement score. So I can kick my two sandwiches so oh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, you drop from six people in a household to one. One person. Yeah, it might be it's really interesting to watch the struggle to move that number. Yeah. And it's, that is, I think, very positive. Oh, we gotcha. Like, realizing how difficult it is to say we have 125,000 alumni. And you know, I've been fortunate in the last all the score, we how many years that uh, I have gone to as many countries as they But they went for professional reasons, uh, other than taking my students somewhere or doing uh, work in Africa. And you know, not excluding Egypt. Yeah. 
that are listed on one When site. I was at Lehman, I was a student at Floyd Floyd. Floyd there for 35 years. When I was a student, they had who was going to get a scholarship from Lehman. And not knowing, I had no preparation. I had no ability. And they said, so why did you choose for figured out a way to survive. Yeah. 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 You know what I'd say? Mm-hmm. You tell me. Yeah. Uh, a young and woman from the Bronx. I think that was really... I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. Columbia, yeah. That was a chance that they not really yeah. hit the whole... I got accepted to NYU. Right. Yeah. You know, and, then, and, then and they said, is that what? Which ones are people... Are you yeah. interested in it? Are they trying to get into the... I wouldn't be able to come. Yeah. I was on the, uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Got into all Fordham, Fordham, right. Columbia. Yeah. The one I didn't yeah, get into did, was uh, Hunter. Then then I, was, I was on a wing. Uh, you know, that's what I was aiming for. 18 months, we've been doing yeah. longitudinal study. But of why I'm there what you're talking is about, because is Columbia. How we whatever discern, they did, what individual centers are, that's why I did. and then how you connect them with that's the right. not only Columbia Art, that's but also exactly. And there's so many different yeah. things. Yeah. 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 Is there reasons for things? That's what a mother does. Have yeah. rubber bands yeah. Oh, there you go. But, but if you're going to get more, you might want to get them all in a plate. Let me put okay. my plate. Yeah. So you choose whatever else you want. Have you done? Can be done. And then you can put a thing around them. Yeah. And, you know. Well, what else? I don't know. Communication. I'm not a rapper. I like I like I'm a true that's what I like. That's what I like. This is a Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is turkey. Yeah. Well, this is turkey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a college Tell me what else you want. That's it. Yeah. These two? Yeah. Yeah. Really. No, no. I've given to Lehman when I was working there, right? Uh huh. Never. Never said, come on and tell me about yourself. And they did it. Right. I have to give it to my daughters. Right. And I, you know when I, when I said I'm going to come because they gave me the best scholarship, Fordham gave me a full scholarship, but you had to work for them for a year, and I wasn't too particular about working. You didn't use the word. What words did you use? Not agnostic. I was not. I w- did not want to go to a place that might be preaching. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Columbia was right on the board. There you go. How's that? It's a little heavy, but be careful. Maybe. Not too heavy. But it's, 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 you're there. You're in there. Yeah. Okay. It's a good bag. You got your card? That's pretty, you know. Yeah. All right. We're gonna do this. Figure out how to. And I notice.
because I always notice something like that. Otherwise, yeah, how do we tap into elements? It was more men, the women did the show. And I'm probably coming the furthest. It's a pleasure to meet you. I did, I did, I did go to
clear of the closing doors, please.
recreate the kind of red flags that are easy to see when you look at this today backwards. Barnard's letter also says Lafleur told investigators that employees at the two galleries helped come up with fake provenance. Luke sees this differently. He says Mulder was just trying to sell his while he talks to me. He will only reveal so much about the case. One thing he does say is that while one can argue that the galleries acted carelessly, that isn't enough to charge them with a crime. Ultimately, the decision was made not, not to bring a criminal charge because you have to be able to prove an intent to defraud beyond a reasonable doubt. Did you agree with that decision? Oh, I, I'm not gonna comment on, our, on any of our internal decision-making. That's not something that's public. Given the other information in the case, it's inexplicable why the prosecution did not go forward. John Morrow is a former federal prosecutor in New York City and partner at a national law firm. I wanted his opinion on the case. I've seen cases with much less evidence get convictions, much less. John was not involved directly in the case. He says there's a bias that the art world is made up of wealthy people who can take care of themselves. But he says all victims deserve justice. And he thinks this case doesn't...